1: It's time for the Fox 4 Race Zone Podcast. I'm Sam Atwell. I'm Brian Dooley. And we are here after the Texas race, and one more locks his way into the championship four.
0: We have now reached the month of November. Wow. And uh, the NASCAR season is is coming to a close. It's in eyesight right now. And just one race away for any drivers in the you know round of eight to lock themselves into Homestead. And there are multiple drivers, including my favorite Chase Elliott. That is, it was already in a must-win after last week, but today didn't do anything to help, you know, himself out.
1: Yeah, and uh, so two are locked in: Martin Truex Jr., Kevin Harvick. Two spots remain. One race to one race to win to get in. Uh, so this is going to be interesting next week at Phoenix. It really is. I'm. It was a good race today. Arvik really didn't show a whole lot until the very end of the race, but then once he took the lead, man, he was dominant.
0: Yeah, and you know, it, it shows how any little mistake can, you know, cost you. Kyle Bush was in the lead, had some trouble on pit road, and that you know, it ended where you know he was he was probably could have been the race winner, and just little things like that in this chase just can make or break your day.
1: Well, last week's last week's winner, Martin Trux Jr. Who was so dominant at Martinsville by leading 460, I think 464 laps of the 500 last week, really came in and pretty much struggled at Texas in a mile and a half track where he has really run well over the last couple years. But the car just, they just couldn't get the car adjusted right, the handle right. And late in the race, they were on pit road with the hood up, and that's never a good sign. But they were okay because they were already. Guaranteed into the championship round. So it was a good day for Kevin Harvick. Let's go ahead and take a look and see where your favorite driver finished in the Texas Motor Speedway 500 today in Fort Worth.
0: Kevin Harvick takes the checkered flag in first place, locking himself in to the final round along with Martin Trooks Jr. At second place, Eric Amarola, his teammate, uh, Daniel Suarez in third, and fourth, Joey Logano, Alex Bowman, fifth, Martin Trooks Jr., sixth. Kyle Busch, 7th, Ryan Blaney-Heath, followed by Kurt Busch and Eric
1: Jones. 11th was Clint Boyer, 12th, Kyle Larson, 13th, Austin Dillon, 14th, Matt DiBenedetto, 15th, Ryan Newman, 16th, Daniel Hermit, William Byron, 17th, Ty Dillon, 18th, 19th, Chris Buescher, 20th, Paul Menard. And
0: 21st, John Hunter Nemechek, followed by Parker Klingerman, Ryan Priest in 23rd, Bubba Wallace, 24th, and 25th, Michael McDowell, followed by J.J. Yelly. Landon Castle, 28th, Denny Hamlin, and 29th, Joe Nemechek, and in 30th, Josh Belicki.
1: 31st, Ross Chastain, 32nd, Chase Elliott. Boy, he had a rough day today. 33rd, Quinn Huff, 34th. Another bad day for Jimmy Johnson. Continues the string of bad days they've had this season. 35th, David Reagan, 36th, Garrett Smithley, 37th, Timmy Hill, 38th, Corey LeJoy 39th, Brad Keselowski. Wow, what a bad day for him. And bringing up the rear of the field, the driver whose career is in a spiral downward, Ricky Stenhouse Jr.
0: And Stuart Haas had a pretty good day.
1: They did have a really good day. At one point late in the race, they were 1-2-3. Looked like they might get that uh, that, uh, 1-2-3 finish for the, I believe it would have been the first time, but didn't quite end up that way. Well,
0: it looks like Dennis Suarez, because he's Stuart Haas.
1: Oh, he is. That's right. They did get it. Yeah, see that. I've, sometimes I forget some of these drivers that I. It took cars. me a second
0: because I think the forty-one when Juan Pablo. I think it was the forty-one, and it was under uh, Gene Haas, I think.
1: Juan Pablo, he only raced for Chip Ganassi, I thought. Chip
0: Ganassi, that's what I meant. So sometimes I get the forty-one confused because of the forty-two and all that, and so I have to kind of, I forget that sometimes the forty-one. Is Stuart Haas for some reason I don't know why. My
1: favorite Juan Pablo Montoya story is still the Daytona 500 where he hit the jet dryer, <laughs> it burned up the track and they had to they had to red flag that race after it had already been red flagged a for a long time. Well, it was been postponed one day, right? Yeah, yeah. It was on a Monday night late and the the jet dryer he hit the jet dryer blew up, burned a hole in the track. They had to patch it. Wow! But
0: now some of the other drivers I'm seeing you know in the top ten: Eric Amarola, Daniel Suarez. Alex Bowman, uh, you know Kurt Busch. There's these drivers that are not in the playoffs, but and next week we're going to ISM or Phoenix, and that's where Matt Kenseth got his last one, and he wasn't in the playoffs at that time. So, you know, there's still chances that Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. are the only ones locked in, and the other two are going to be just points.
1: Yeah, and as it looks now, um, like we mentioned early on today, bad day, bad day for Chase Elliott. Um, he is, what, 40, 40, how many points is he out of below the cutoff line?
0: Uh don't know if these are updated yet. Right now, they're showing 44. Points below.
1: It doesn't matter. He, he's he 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 is he is that guy that has to win next week if he wants to continue on because you cannot make up that many points. There's just it's just impossible. So, like you said earlier, when to get your way into the championship four? I thought honestly that Denny Hamlin was going to be a lock for the championship four, but he had trouble today. Spinning out, didn't hit the wall. But man, he went through the grass and then hit that uh, th- that uh, piece of pavement there that they use for their Legends Track, and it just ripped up the front of that car, ripped up the the splitter, and uh, he just it was he was done for being competitive today.
0: But he's one that I could see, you know. Phoenix used to be a track that the winner today, Kevin Hart. Everyone was like, "Well, I pretty sure I know who's gonna win," at, you know, at Phoenix. But now in the last few years. We seen some change up there. Kyle Busch has won the last couple races there, but I've seen we've seen Denny Hamlin have you know close as he's been close there before. He's run well. Um, I think it's safe to say that Chase is probably out, and we're not going to see any Hendrick Motorsports cars or even any Chevys um, in the final round.
1: Yeah, I don't. Ryan Blaney today ran really, really well with a car that just was not handling. And for him to, to end up with a eighth-place finish was good, but not enough to get him above the cutoff line. Um, Kevin Harvick, if he hadn't won, he had moved into the position where he was above the cutoff line, but now it doesn't matter. He's locked in. So we've got Truex in. We've got um, Kevin Harvick in. We've got Joy Logano, and who's the fourth driver above the cutoff line? Is it Denny Hamlin? Didn't I thought Denny Hamlin dropped below the cutoff line?
0: I'm uh, right now. Uh, I'm looking at the NASCAR app, and it might hasn't updated because it's still showing Kevin Harvick below.
1: Well, come on, NASCAR, get this stuff updated. We got <laughs> stuff to do. We got places to go. Come on, come on, come on.
0: Um, but yeah, Harvick and. Pretty much, you know, Logano. I think.
1: Kyle Larson is below the cutoff line. I think probably he's done
0: two. Kind of um, a bummer after, you know, the... You know, after winning the last round, him and Blaney. And it's kind of each round is different. Trux dominated the first round. Elliott had a win there. And Truex got lucky, had a dominant cart, you know, did what he had to do the first race in this round. And that's what you got to do. And... Chase just wasn't able, you know, to mechanical problems last week, trouble today. Just that bad luck. I mean, that is tough to make it to Homestead because each and every round you got to find that success and you got to get that success early. Trucks can afford to have something happen. I mean, he ran well today, still top 10 finish and he could have something, but he runs well, I think at Phoenix as well. Yeah. But even if something happens, He's locked in. They're all. I guarantee that team. All their their focus is on Homestead right now.
1: Absolutely. And everybody thought that because Texas is a mile and a half track where Truex has done really, really, really well for the last couple seasons, uh, that they would be trying some things out today for Miami. But really, Homestead and Texas are so different as far as banking, as far as surface, as far as other things. The only the only really similar part of them is it's a mile and a half track. So. Truex, I think, was out there trying to, to uh, pick up the win today. Didn't work out. They had some handling problems on that car. Like you say, still a great finish for them uh, with a sixth-place finish. I would, ha- I would think after all the trouble they had, they would be happy with that for sure. So Truex, Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Joy Logano are the, the top four at this point as we sit. The other four, got to win to get in. You really do. So,
0: name those four again: Truex,
1: Harvick, Bush, and Logano.
0: So, at this point, it looks like we're there's a, we're, we're probably going to see someone get their second Cup championship. Which we talked about this in the last show um, after Kansas that we haven't. I mean, Jimmy Johnson got his seventh in 2016, and before that. The driver to get you know his third championship was tony stewart in 2011 then you know johnson had his run in the late 2000s and then stewart got his second so tony stewart and jimmy johnson the only two drivers in like the last uh 15 years we've seen get more than one championship so one of these four uh either harvick truex kyle Busch or Joey Logano, who just won his first championship last I mean, all these drivers have won their championship within the last five years. So it's going to be interesting to see them kind of get to soak in that victory again in Homestead.
1: So barring barring a, a win by one of the, the the bottom four in this round, and we go to Homestead with... Championship four, the four we just mentioned. Who's your favorite?
0: I, Kevin Harvick. I think at this point, if you know, being in the final four, I'd like to see him get one more. He's, you know, the first year I got in the really watched NASCAR was in two thousand one, and um, so I, I've seen Harvick all this way. He was never able to, you know, make anything happen when he was with. Uh, Richard Childress, but, I mean, since he's he's been the lead person uh, at Stuart Haas after Tony Stewart's left, I mean, he's been, I think, the dominant car at that team. And I, I think, I mean, today we saw, I mean, there's uh, other drivers at Stuart Haas. I think they're a team that next year we could see more out of them from not just Kevin Harvick. Um, so he's my favorite, you know, not the biggest, not a Kyle Busch fan at all. So it would be kind of like <laughs> 2015 I was okay after he what he went through that year with his injury at Daytona. So that year was kind of like he really had to come back, and he earned that one. If he wins, he earns it. But he's not my favorite. Truex Jr., I always liked him. So if he got his second one, that would be pretty neat, especially after you know he went through some stuff after the whole incident at Richmond with Clint Boyer in 2013. I think we talked about that in the last show. Um, really was kind of like, I think you hoping for Denny Hamlin to get a shot for his first championship.
1: Yeah, I was, he, he would be my, he's my sentimental favorite. Denny Hamlin is Um, with the season they've had and and the stuff that happened right before the season with JD Gibbs, they would be my, they would be my sentimental favorite. Um, I, I think probably Martin Truex Jr. is going to wind up with his second championship. I, I just think that team, they've got seven wins this season.
0: And they seem in this playoffs, they've sent.
1: I mean, they, I think, have the most wins in this playoffs. They've been the most consistent team in the playoffs. And, and really, they've, you know, as we've talked about over the year, and it's hard to believe we're down to just two races left, but we talked about all year how dominant the Gibbs team has been and how dominant the Penske team has been. And, uh, you know, Martin Truex... I think probably there's some people surprised at Joe Gibbs Racing that of the Gibbs teams and, and all the wins they have, that Martin Truex has the most wins. You would have thought, I I think most people would have thought that Kyle Bush would be that guy at, at Gibbs Racing. Um, but no, Martin Truex came in there with his crew chief and just dominated Gibbs Racing this year with the, with the seven wins. And not to say that Kyle Bush has been bad by any stretch of the imagination. He's got wins. Hamlin's got wins. Everybody on that team has at least one win this season. So I just think I think Truex will probably be the one that
0: uh, – I mean, we talked all year. I mean, early the first half of the season, it was Joe Gibbs racing and Penske. It was ridiculous. Um, so definitely, any, any, you know, shockingly, I mean, we're only seeing one Penske car that's, you know, probably going to make it to Homestead. Kozlowski just had, you know, bad luck kind of came into him later on in this postseason. And – you know, Gibbs. I mean, that whole team has. I mean, overall, just such. I mean, the Daytona 500 this year, and looking at the, the last two wins at ISM Speedway, have been Kyle Busch. So he's pretty much guaranteed in at Homestead already. But you know, he's got a chance to just guarantee and get that locked in and prevent any other driver because you know Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin. They're still. It's a long shot, but I mean. Everyone's got that shot at that victory. These are all teams that have made it this far in the playoffs.
1: These eight teams, any one of them could jump up and win next weekend. They really could. They, I mean, you're down to the, the the top, basically the top eight teams of the season. Um, not counting Truex and and, and Harvick because they're already in, but any of the, the other six of those drivers could pick up and win. I mean. You remember the the round where where Ryan Blaney picked up a victory, and Kyle Larson picked up a victory. Victory, nobody.
0: Yeah, that would have been. Nobody
1: would have believed that if we had told you that ahead of time. But that's how that that's how that round came out. That's how those guys advanced to this round.
0: And I mentioned, uh, you know, just a few years ago in 2017, Matt Kenseth wasn't in the, but he got his last win there, his last Cup wins as a full time driver. And you know that kind of spoils any of the other. other like chase elliott that must win and even this wasn't during the playoffs but that same year in 2017 in the spring race ryan newman won it was like a fuel strategy that kind of happened yep but it was kind of like no one expected him at that time to win um i think he was still with richard childress at the time but this is a track like it you know i mentioned before you used to be kevin harvick kevin harvick used to just dominate this place but we have seen some spoilers happen here. We've seen we know certain drivers that are, you know, the Joe Gibbs cars do well there. um I think it was like the race after Denny Hamlin won his first Daytona. It was I think, or maybe we're another track.
1: But I want to say there was like a photo finish that same year at Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, I believe you're correct. I believe you're correct. So it's anything can happen. I mean, we still still have the Phoenix race. Um, the one thing that that I kind of have always felt bad about this new this new format with the final the championship four racing for the championship are the times when somebody outside of the championship four wins the Homestead race, and it's like. Okay, well, nobody cares. We got to go celebrate the champion.
0: But we haven't seen that in almost 10 years. I mean, 2011, they they hadn't had this format like this because um, it used to just be when they started this in 2004, uh, the year Kurt Busch won, it was just the last 10 races, the top 10 in points, the points reset, and it just went on from there. There wasn't any rounds or anything. And I think after the incident in 2013 at Richmond, where they started adding drivers, and it was all, and also, I mean, I kind of, um, in 2006, 2010, I still watched racing, but I wasn't. I think I was getting burnt out, even as a Hendrick Motorsports fan. Every year, Jimmy Johnson winning, and then I remember in 2011, watching that race. I was in college, and I was, and I went to the, um, fitness center to watch it, and it, and it was rain delayed. But watching whoever was going to win between Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards, that was exciting. And like you you were saying, it used to be whoever won that Homestead race, their win was overshadowed by the championship. And it was exciting. That was the first time it was like, okay, the winner is the champion. And then, I don't know when the – well, the the year Kevin Harvick won was when they really set off this playoff system starting with 16 down to four at Homestead. And I, I, I'm a fan of this. It makes it exciting. I wish more of the races would be on, like, on-air TV and not on the NBC Sports Network and whatnot. So that's kind of bummer. And I think for this being a championship, then this is just around NASCAR lands. but I think it gets so overshadowed with football season, college football, NFL. And so the excitement that this is a championship
1: it gets kind of lost. It really does, and I mean they've done they battled this for years. I mean it's just
0: it's better than it was because the reason they started this chase in two thousand four because Matt Kenseth stocked up so many points in two thousand three. Oh, that was we just, knew like in August he was going
1: to win the championship. <laughs> yeah, that was you want to talk about no excitement. There was no excitement that year because it was it was it was all over. But I think going forward, and we talked about this. Um, a little earlier, when I was watching the broadcast and was seeing the aerial shots of Texas Motor Speedway and how many empty places there were there, there that that place was it was shockingly empty in my in my mind. And I know that the people at NASCAR have kind of kind of put that off. Said no, we're we're okay, we're okay. But coming down this tail, this Here's a racing euphemism for you. Coming down the backstretch of the season, we've seen so many empty seats at these tracks that are normally sold out. The Bristol night race used to be the toughest ticket in sports to get. And the Bristol night race this year was not sold out. There were so many empty seats there. There were so many empty seats at Martinsville last week. And today in Texas, it was shockingly, to me anyways, and I've been to Texas Motor Speedway a number of times, and that place used to be sold out. I mean, it was standing room only less than, well, probably 10 years ago. You you couldn't get a ticket in there for both races. And now it was shocking how many empty seats there were at Texas Motor Speedway.
0: I think NASCAR needs to find a way to, you know, in the, in the era we are now, in the digital age, um, to really market and find a way to get – uh, a new generation of fans, and you know, er- er- the year Art pa- Senior passed away, you know, s- such a tragic start for that season. But my parents, I remember, they were kind of. That was the first year my family, my uncle, um, we had a Daytona 500 watch party, and my mom loved the commercials that NASCAR had. You know, the Del Jarrett UPS commercials, yeah. the How Bad Have You Got It? NASCAR did a really good job, and even when I remember. Vaguely, you know, the, the Looney Tunes commercials with Earnhardt and Jr. in 2000 and things like that. The commercials were really entertaining. Uh, even Michael Waltrop's Napa commercials early on, in, you know, when he was with DEI, were, were fun to watch. And my parents liked watching racing just because they were like, like a lot of people watch the Super Bowl. I just watch it for the commercials. I knew people every week that were watching NASCAR because the commercials were pretty good. And now, that's very. You don't see as many variety. There might be one or two good ones, and you just see it repeated all year. But that helped bring. And then my my mom, she was like, she liked Del Jarrett because, and my dad liked Mark Martin. And but it attracted and a lot of my family. I mean, and I think after Earnhardt's death, a lot of people, like family friends I had, they that really showed like the impact how powerful NASCAR was. And so they got curious and they got into it, um, but it's a hard sport to really follow. I mean, it's such a long season. We've been, you know, doing these podcasts since the beginning. Yeah, and it is a long season. That's for sure. My brother every year would he would try to, you know, he would kind of he liked the, the Daytona 500 parties my family to throw together the watch parties, and even one year he tried doing he created this old we were doing our own NASCAR fantasy thing just within the family, and he. Calculated the points every week and whatnot, but by April, you know, working full time jobs, going to college, he kind of got burnt out, and doing that all the way to November, it kind of died off, and everyone understood. But he's one that he's always tried to keep up, but you know, by the time the summer, it's just it's a hard, it's a long sport to kind of keep well, up it, with.
1: The season kicks off really in kind of a kind of a dead space because the NFL season is over. Baseball hasn't started yet, so you got from the middle to tail end of February up until basically April, where you really don't have tremendous competition. The NBA season is is underway, but um, so it starts off in a, in an area where they're, they they kind of stand on their own and and they they've, they've kind of got the, the the spotlight so to speak, but then baseball kicks in and then you know you move on into summer and and other stuff is going on and people are outside and i think nascar has tried to find that new generation of an audience because of the way they've set up the playoffs they've they've got the stage racing so that you have some excitement i mean i you and i have sat and watched races that are 500 laps 500 miles and sometimes it, in the middle of the race you're just like hmm Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna nap here a little bit. Wake me up when we got a hundred to go, you know, because they are long and and it is long. And I think NASCAR's tried to solve that with the with the stage races.
0: And I, I like the stage races compared to the the time clock that they did it in the truck series. That was, I was a disaster. I was afraid that that was going to be brought up and the stage race, and I was skeptical. I don't mind it so much. It lines cars back up. Drivers push more throughout the race to get that top ten or win a stage to gain them extra points. For a championship run,
1: but I think I think NASCAR has tried to get to this younger generation, this shorter attention span generation, the Monster Energy generation, who won't sit for four hours and watch a race.
0: The the problem though with NASCAR, I mean, a lot of I know a lot of older fans they get so tired of the constant changes, the the rules package changes every year. Um, you know the the way you know the cars. Um, that you know early on in the the season, we talked. It wasn't until really the spring race. A lot of the races were kind of like dull, and if there's a way to like see more lead changes and really cars be able to be more competitive competitive against each other, all the changes kind of burn out some of the fans too. But then you know we're talking about they need to find a way to attract, and that they are trying to attract this newer generation. But also, the problem is is they haven't, they don't seem to respect that
1: they've abandoned their their hardcore, yeah, longtime fans. You know this sport came out of the southwest southeast, and as they've grown as they've tried to attract this newer audience, they've abandoned places like
0: Rockingham, Rockingham,
1: and- Wilkesboro, um, some of these other tracks. The truck series used to be at some of these great smaller tracks. You know, like South Boston, um, like um, you know, I they escaped me, but they were they the truck series went and ran on some of these small bull rings that were great tracks. Now you have the trucks on the same mile and a half speedways that the cup cars are on and that the Xfinity cars are on, and so much of a, so much of the racing on the weekend it just looks the same. There's no differentiation between the 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 series the truck series used to be a place where a guy could the the truck series would come to town and a guy who raced at a local track could put some a little bit of dough together get a truck get some tires and go out there and race I with mean, the NASCAR boys but you can't do that anymore they used to race out at Harlan Park in Topeka Kansas yeah. years ago and
0: yeah that that small town i mean ever since and it really has an impact uh you know when they quit going to Wilkesboro That town, that pretty much just really economically hurt that town. Um, And then seeing the footage, I mean, the races there were packed. And NASCAR can and should invest money into whatever they need to kind of bring that track back up. You will, you do something like that, even Rockingham. I remember um, in college watching uh, the truck race when they went back to Rockingham. And that was so cool to see. That, it's a great that track and look at what the Disney's doing, bringing back these live action movies because the Disney understands nostalgia wins. You know, for me, I went and saw the new Lion King this year because it was like I remember seeing that when I was four in theaters. And you know, with Star Wars, um, I'm a movie fan, by the way, too. <laughs> but nostalgia sell and just sort of that, uh, you know, bringing back some of that memories. If they invested in, in one of those tracks and not just the two we've mentioned, but some of these others because for me i mean i was able to see a lot of races at rockingham but like wilkesboro by the time i got a nascar um it was gone it was already gone um but looking back now i've seen i've watched youtube videos of uh races there and seen clips recently of people who have gone out there and shown i mean it's it's so sad to see these places just left abandoned
1: it really is i i really think if NASCAR were to get smart about this, I think if they would reach out to their older, hardcore fans that they basically have abandoned, and and have a have a marketing campaign, you know, come back to the races. You know, we we miss you. Um, you know, start promoting some of these older stars of NASCAR like they used to. You know, you used to go to the racetrack and there'd be. You know, there'd be guys there from the 60s and, well, of course, some of them may, be, may no longer be with us, but they used to promote those guys. You know, they used to be at the tracks. Cale Yarborough – um Buddy Baker Buddy Baker's gone now too but some of some of those you get my point. Yeah. They they would they would celebrate the history of NASCAR and now that's that's just all gone. And I think if they would make a reach they they come up with a marketing strategy to reach back to those hardcore fans who've walked away, I really think that I mean, would
0: be a success. Darlington I think has been somewhat successful for the the Labor Day weekend race because because they've, it's the Southern five hundred again. And they do, and they brought back some of the old like Ned Jarrett and stuff. I know a few years, you know, they brought back some of these announcers that, you know, we remember watching and hearing in the eighties and nineties and then the throwback cars are cool to see. Um and I think that's one of the top rate is because of that.
1: But it needs they need to they need to make an extended appeal to their old hardcore fans that they turned their back on. Um of course, another part of the the attendance at the tracks has to do with the digital age we live in. You can be anywhere and have your phone and you can watch the race. You know, if you have if you have a streaming service, uh your cable, a lot of times if you if you have cable TV, I know that's not popular anymore, but if you have cable, you can stream the race to your phone, you can get updates on your phone, you can watch on your tablets, you can I mean it's there's so many ways to get to see racing or have racing information, and I think that's part of it too. But I think NASCAR's dropped the ball on 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 the fans. I really do.
0: Yeah, and also, I mean, I used to see. I remember as a kid, NASCAR for merchandise. It's all online now. I remember seeing you know NASCAR stores all over the place when I first got into it, and even you know Walmart um, and places like that, though. Amazon now, a lot of things are, I mean, they're kind of struggling with online shopping and whatnot. So,
1: but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's so, it is so changed the fan experience that I I know a lot of my friends who used to be NASCAR fans, my age and you, there's a big difference between you and I, we're a couple, we're a generation, different generations. And my generation who used to be NASCAR fans who would sit and watch every race every Sunday. It was appointment TV. Don't even care anymore. They may be they maybe you'll catch the last two or three races of the season when they know who's in the who's in the battling for the championship, but they won't sit they won't watch a race, you know, on the third week of no, of April or the, you know, the third week of July. They just they're not going to do it. And uh, I just think NASCAR needs to reach out to those guys and and see if they can bring them back. Now I say guys, I mean guys, gals, you know everybody, because there's some fantastic. I mean, it's a great sport for the whole family, and I think they need to reach out to those older fans again and try and bring them back and see if see if they can fill those those uh, speedways again.
0: Yeah, I, I agree.
1: So, well, we have we have. Man, we applaud our way through another another podcast here, and and uh, two races to go. Hard to believe, and I mean,
0: one race, and we know, you know, any of the four drivers. I think we might know now, but then, you know, the last round, kind of, you know, I don't think Kislowski seemed like he was pretty set. Um, so there's still drivers. There's only two right now that are for sure locked in. Things could happen early on next week at Phoenix. And, I mean, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, um, you know, they play their cards right. You know, just, I mean, Chase, his attitude at Kansas, if he has that one then. But I just, he doesn't stand out to me. He never has since he's been in the Cup at ISM. Hamlin has. But so as you know, Harvick's, he could win there. And so there's all kinds of things that can still happen.
1: We've got two spots left to fill you got one chance to guarantee your your place in the championship four with a win. That that four spots going to have to be occupied by a points winner, or two, depending on what happens. I mean, there's still a lot of still a lot of working pieces in this this final race before the championship in Phoenix. So if you have to pick a winner, and we have just done dreadfully this year at picking winners, because I think you you have one right.
0: I think we're both one and one are we both are yeah. we're
1: both are we like one and 30, 30, uh 33, three thirty34 something like that so uh let's put it put put it out there man put it all online who's your pick for next week oh man
0: ism Phoenix I'm gonna t- 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 Man, this is a tough one. It's kind of like. (laughs) I'm going to go just kind of wanting. I'm just going to shoot for Denny Hamlin.
1: Denny Hamlin? Yeah. Yeah, I I honestly, um, I think Kevin Harvick is going to go in there and dominate just like he used to. I really do, and I think that's going to leave two spots open for whoever has the best run.
0: I was putting Hamlin and Truex you know trucks just I mean just cuz we've talked about I mean that team has just been so on on it this year
1: well whatever happens next week we'll know we'll know who are the championship for and we will be here to wrap it up and we'll talk about a next week we'll talk about the preview to the championship and just see how well our thoughts have panned out to see who is going to be in who's going to be out and who will be our 2019 Monster Energy Cup champion. Whatever happens, we'll be here to wrap up the, the action from Phoenix and preview the action in Miami Homestead on the Fox 4 Race Zone podcast. I'm Sam Atwell. And I'm Brian Dooley. Everybody have a great week out there.
0: Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at.